Welcome back to another episode of the Receding Hairlines podcast on Mostly Sports Podcast from three guys who enjoy barbershop debates and analytics. I go by Sarge and I just signed for 10 years, $400 million with the Padres. I'm Hutch and I'm still broke. I'm Fable. Bryce Harper. What? I said like Bryce Harper. (laughs) Hutch interrupted my, my introduction, but... I will say that I was surprised at how genuinely happy I felt when I got the news that Manny Machado was going to make $300 million. All right, so let's let's jump in with that. All right, so Manny Machado and Bryce Harper have been engaged. And so actually, spring training has started for baseball. Yeah. And two of the big yeah. stars that were available had yet to sign, which is like the new trend. So finally, Manny Machado, probably what? Would, uh, Fable, would you say the, the second best player that available, or is he better than Harper? Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's been better than Harper. He's, yeah, okay. he's better than Harper. All right. So we'll say the best player available. Imagine LeBron as a free agent, not signing until training camp. So he finally signed with the San Diego Padres 10 years, 300 million and no shot at any competitive baseball past <laughs> August. I would say past May, maybe May um, six. shout out to Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that he was sounds wild. like Amino Hassan, by the way, that was weird. <laughs> But yeah, so finally, Manny Machado finally signed. So yeah, so you said you were genu- genuinely happy. So yeah, what was what was your first reaction, Fabo, when you heard that? I mean, so the Padres rumors had been out there for a while, but I honestly didn't think he was gonna get the three hundred. And I was just happy to see him get the three hundred because I feel like, I mean, the owners are just taking too much money. The owners have just been saving their money, and it's weird because logically, what the owners are doing and not paying these guys makes it makes logical sense because the Padres are still gonna suck. So it's kind of a waste of their money. You remember Robinson good. Cano? I feel like I haven't thought about him in like yeah, three I mean, years. Cano is like my been favorite bad. player. But he hasn't been bad. So. But he's just not – he doesn't play baseball that matters. So it's just like – so to, to, to Fable's point, it's like he, he got his money, which I am happy about. But it's like, oh, well, now he's just not going to matter anymore. But he'll in, play, in but he's going to play baseball that matters this year. Is Seattle good? He's on the Mets now. Well, what? what? He's a Mets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so as you can see, I've checked that at baseball. Wow. Okay. So the Mets are the, the Mets are supposed to be good? So right now, the, I have no clue. I have no clue. But all I know is that the Mets <laughs> are favored to win the division right now. So I'm just ah, like, okay. sure? I think it's one of those situations where it's like everybody in the division is okay. And, like, <laughs> since it's baseball, anybody could win. So Vegas is just hedging, basically. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Who the the Braves won that division last year, right? That yeah. is correct. Did, did they did they lose somebody? Or did they take a step back that that the Mets are now favored? No, I think the Mets were like solid last year, and like people figured they'd be healthier, and they got Cano and stuff. So. All right, well there you go. All right, so welcome back to my life, Robinson Cano. I mean, is he he's still been good. Play second, or is he like fat in the first baseman now? Nah, he's yeah, still he's playing like, second. Right. But that might, that, that might age terribly. No, it'll <laughs> well, be fine. Why you say that? Because now he's an A. The NL. The NL, yeah, sorry. Wow, rookie mistake. <laughs> I'll cut that out, don't worry. Yo, actually, speaking of the Vegas line, did you guys read the, the, the Tim Donahue story? Yes, I, I took about 30 minutes on the toilet at work to, to get through that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I haven't finished yet. I'm still, like, it's pretty long, so I'm, like, two-thirds of the way through, I think. What was your takeaway? I didn't realize, I guess, for whatever reason, I I underestimated the mob and how, like, connected all this stuff was. Like, I pictured him 
kind of figuring himself like, you know, I do have the whistle. I can just call fouls and, you, you know, I because I, I, I truly I didn't when it when the story broke originally, I just figured he was doing fouls and doing kind of over under type things. I didn't think he was trying to mess with the line. I just figured that was too easy to find out, which obviously he's federally indicted. So reading through the story and, and realizing that it was like, not only was it his group of friends that all grew up together that were in on this, but like other groups were picking up on it and another yeah. group was picking up on them. Like I didn't realize how far out, like kind of the, the waves were on, on this whole thing, which, you know, in hindsight kind of makes sense that the feds got involved, but it, yeah. if they could have only just kept it quiet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, cause, so that was one thing. But the other thing for me was that I was like, yo, once the mob directly got involved or semi-directly, like, he did this for $2,000. Right, right. Like, $2,000, <laughs> that's, not, that's not good money. That's not F-U money. Like, I really thought it would have been a lot more money for him in this process. And $2,000 in wadded up hundreds. You know, it wasn't like... <laughs> <laughs> that he had to just like physically find a place to to keep away from his wife, which I will say, if you're going to be involved in a federally illegal scheme, like you need to get your wife on board. Cause when she starts finding, <laughs> if my wife found $2,000 at a time in my pockets, like she's going to ask questions. She just is. So yeah. shout out to black women, I guess. <laughs> my, my wife would be such a bad mob wife, by the way. She would definitely snitch up. Uh, neither here nor there, but <laughs> now, my wife would she would say she's gonna snitch, but then she'd think about the money and be like, eh, maybe not. I feel like your wife <laughs> will push you to negotiate for more. <laughs> yeah, more than the two K. Yeah, like two K. <laughs> that's just such a small amount of money. Yeah, for him, get like refs definitely make like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year easily. Yeah, I could make two hundred thousand. I could make two thousand dollars in like a week. Like. That's not hard work at all. Yeah. Yeah, without without threatening federal jail time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I remember reading right, he he kind of got wind of how much money everybody else was making and got mad about it. And it's yeah. like, well, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> this is a national gambling ring. Like, what what do you think? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have used a he could have used a good agent like Rich Paul. Like LeBron has, you know? Segway God. Wasting no time. Coming. I felt it coming. I was like, let me see, let me see the oop. Let me see. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I, I was working on some kind of two K, two chains type thing. I was I was trying to cook something up, but I mean look, I, I I gotta I gotta bow before the Segway God. Yeah, so you guys really don't think LeBron's making the playoffs? Like I I know he's making the playoffs. I'm not really worried about it. So much so that Ray booked a flight and tickets to game one of Lakers Warriors. <laughs> You're wilding. You're wilding. You're wilding. Why? I mean, granted, Clippers, Warriors will be the same <laughs> location, so you're good, I guess. I mean, it's gonna be a Warrior it's gonna be a Warriors game on Saturday or Sunday that weekend, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm I am hundred percent sure it's gonna be Warriors versus the Lakers. All right, so right now the Lakers are twenty eight and twenty nine, which is crazy, not even five hundred. And three games out of the playoffs. So you, I mean, now I'll tell you this: like they have to jump the Kings and the Clippers to get into the playoffs. Like they could do that. that <laughs> I, I want to agree with you, Fabo, that that the Lakers are missing the playoffs definitely. But 
I have no faith in the Kings or the Clippers. So, so I guess make your case. Why, why do you think LeBron the is def- not LeBron anymore? Like he can't. They have the what? It was like the fifth hardest schedule from here to the end of the season. Yes, but they have the best player. You know, that's LeBron is not the best player anymore. Yeah, man. but have you seen those articles that have been coming out where it's like Lakers secretly worried that LeBron never fully recovered from his uh, from his injury? Yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I just don't see LeBron being at that level anymore. And literally nobody else is there to pick up that slack. I mean, they cut Mike Beasley. Yeah, they suck. You know. <laughs> I mean, are the, is this what you expected? No, actually, no. Because one of you guys said the Lakers would win 55 games. Yeah, Who that was, was that? Me. Fess up. That, was, that, yeah, was, that was not me. So that said, did you think these young guys would be ahead of schedule? Or did you think they'd be able to make a trade at the deadline? I didn't think the young guys were as bad as they are. Yeah. They are, well, A, I thought they were better, and B, I didn't, you know, think this would be the year LeBron be human and have a, a one-month injury. Yeah, he missed 18 games, man. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that long. I guess he, that was plenty of time for him to uh, go produce, executive produce 2 Chainz's new album, huh? <laughs> oh, my oh. God. Okay. I'm giving myself, I'm giving myself yeah. a B-minus on that one. So, yeah, uh, this 2 first of all, the first IG post I saw, I think it was on LeBron's page, and I was kind of confused i thought lebron had made an album <laughs> well we, did you hear him rap i'm a, i'm a, I'm probably gonna drop that in you heard his verse with uh with kd right yeah, from 2011 it's, it's terrible oh it's terrible uh it ain't easy on the path i'm on but put the world on my back because i'm that strong long journey i've been on from the very start no way i die off with this iron heart no chance to make it out that's what they said, but look at me, I'm here. Ball set spread. From 602 to 747. I miss you, Grandma Frida. You guys probably should give some proper context for those like myself that don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. So okay. Essentially, I, 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 all right. So basically, I'm looking at a Rolling Stone article right now. Two Chains teams with LeBron for a new album called Rap or Go to the League. And so basically. Two Chainz signed LeBron James up. His formal title is to A and R his forthcoming album, uh, which is called Rapper Go to the League, and it's coming out in March. So basically, from from the from the Instagram post that I saw, it seemed like LeBron's job is basically to listen to all the songs and go woo, or go <laughs> man, you should probably you should probably put a feature in here. You know, one of either one of those two things. It seems like he's he's kind of picking the songs for Two Chainz album. Is that was that your takeaway, Fabo? That that was my takeaway as well. My favorite part of my favorite part of Anar Braun was uh, was the point where he's like, you know, what you should do is album supposed to be fourteen tracks, but we got sixteen <laughs> that's good. So what we do is we put out the album, we put out fourteen tracks, and then two weeks later we give him sixteen. And they're gonna be like, yo, it's so good. They had to just drop an extra two on them, just like a bonus. And I'm like. <laughs> Like first of all, like you're ruining the entire surprise by putting the IG post. So <laughs> second of all, like what? How is that like a brilliant idea? Are <laughs> well, who decided albums are 14 tracks? Also, like how do we just take that for granted? Like did I did I miss a memo? I mean, look, I'm not the A and R. LeBron is the A and R. But I if we if we could just speculate, how yeah. how we land on 14? Yeah, I. None of it makes sense to me. I mean, it's a good album title, though. I'll give him that. I like What's the name of the album title? Rap or Go to the League. Oh, that's a terrible uh, title. <laughs> that's a terrible title. 
Like, Yo, I'm sorry. Rapper go to the league. I mean, those are choices sometimes you face. Oh, is that so? Yeah. We well, come wild. up in the hard, pretty streets in New York City like you guys did. did exactly. Did you guys Imagine not? you were coming up in New York and you're supposed to go to the league and it got locked out. You had nowhere to go to play. <laughs> you had to no, 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 this is terrible. No, this is awful. <laughs> this is awful. This is the first ever, this is the first ever Segway combo breaker. Shout out to Killer Instinct. Combo breaker. <laughs> so yeah, I'm bird. Yeah, God, what a what? Listen, that movie was like homework, dog. It was that movie was excruciating to sit through. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly understand how anyone can watch that movie. By the way, I'm talking about High Flying Bird, and think, yeah, this is a really good production. Like this was well written, well produced. <laughs> like no, it was awful. Like the plot, I was well, sitting there like. Well, so here, oh, before that, I'll just give the positives. One, I thought. The cinematography was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's the best part. Yeah, it and, looked good. It, it, it did and, look good. And two, uh, Zay-Z Beats was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That's fair. But that's like that's that's all I got. I would have said Zazzy if oh, if I if I had a good. I always assume Zazzy. Oh. Okay. All right. I don't know either. So. All right. Yeah, I don't know either. I kind of actually was just going with Fabian because I assumed that he watches more TV than me. So. <laughs> but yeah, so basically the point the point of the movie is there's an NBA lockout. And for some reason, two guys that have been drafted both to the Knicks in the first round hate each other. So the story follows the agent, the guy from the Knicks, I forget his name. And, and, uh, Andre Holland. Yeah, Andre Holland. So somehow it's his job as an agent to end the lockout. And yeah. to <laughs> do Falk. that, yeah, so to do that, he decides to stage a street ball game between these two first round picks who hate each other. And pretend that he's going to start a one-on-one league to liberate the black athlete, which actually he never intended to do. But then at the end of the movie, he gives his his client, one of the first round picks, a book. And it's like, black athletes need to be liberated. What, was that? Did you guys take something else away from the movie? No, that was essentially it. Yeah. You just it said a whole just... bunch of – you just confirmed to me that I did not care for the movie. Like I got a whole pl- lot of Candy Crush in during that movie. Yo, you yeah, get, it, was, you went, it was boring. Yeah, you went through the plot, and I was just like, I kind of want him to stop talking right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I you're not wrong. I, I hated myself. I hated myself halfway through that explanation. And that was only 30 seconds. The movie was 90 minutes. So, I, yeah, I, I hate watched it. And, and, and it was definitely one of those movies where you pause it, and you're like, God, there's 47 minutes yo, left in this yo, it's you know, a- it took me like four train rides to do it because I would pause and be like, you know, let me listen to some podcasts for a little bit. <laughs> let me do literally anything else but watch this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, Netflix has had some really, really uh, skeptical programming as of late. Um, have you guys seen the Killer Mike uh, show? I've only seen commercials. Yeah, the Killer Mike I show. I watched I watched the first two episodes. I watched. Eating black or living black, and then I watch porno education. The porno so, education was literally the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, wait, wait, as you wait, can wait, imagine, what's that was the, the last episode. Of the show? So the first episode, he had to eat black for three days. What does that mean? So he could only eat if the produce or the food came from a black farmer um, or a black restaurant. No, it actually had to be a black farmer. Um, so this is or, like a reality show or something. It's kind of a mockumentary style, like, 
It's think of like Vice News, except it's half mockumentary. So he's got a straight face the whole time, but he's kind of doing these outlandish premises. Is, okay. is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. Um. So back as we were saying, so the first episode is he's eating black and he goes to Athens and like he's Athens, learning. Georgia. Yeah, Athens, Georgia, and he's learning about like the black culture in Athens because it's a college town and uh whatever. Um. So that episode, I was like, all right, fine. I get the premise. It's stupid, but okay, fine, whatever. The second episode, it starts off with him at a like a round, like a table of kindergartners, and like asking them like what they dream to be when they grow up, and basically he tells them that they're not going to achieve their goals, that their dreams are not going to happen, and they need and to be more realistic. Exactly. Okay. That that's where he lost me because yeah. he was. And it's and I get that it's a joke, but he's literally telling like these little black kids like, <laughs> y'all need to focus and get a trade. Y'all yes. are trying to be doctors and lawyers. That is never gonna happen. And I'm like, you're a rapper. So even as a joke, this this whole premise doesn't make sense. Um. So yes, that he goes on for that. Then he talks like to the principal of a school and tells him what she did, and she looks at him as like, no, that's just the worst <laughs> idea I've ever heard in my life. Um, because it is. So then he's like, he has like this guy that he knows that is a carpenter and he brings him to, and he gathers some people on the street and says, Hey, would you learn to learn? Would you love to learn a craft? They're like, yeah, of course. Awesome. Totally. And then he brings them in and he asks them what they want to, like, what would they, if they could do anything, what would they want to be? And like half of them tell him he would, they would love to be in the music business. So of course he gets mad um, and frustrated. And he's like, how do I get these people to learn a craft? And to follow through and to continue like exploring whatever. And he decides that people pay attention to pornography. So he creates basically like how to change a pipe, like how to change a door lock, how to unclog a drain with like pornographic like movies embedded in it. Now, what? wait, this is this is where I need to jump in and say yeah. yes. he got these porno actors from a bus station. These these were not. <laughs> These are, you know how, you know how it, literally everyone says porn star, no matter how high your profile is. Like these are porno <laughs> actors. Like these are not. <laughs> it they uh, like most of them look like Kaya from uh, My Neck and My Back fame. Are you ladies? Kaya now, not then. So yeah, uh, sorry. I don't, I don't, I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. That's how ridiculous yeah. it was. Yeah. So that. That's where me and my wife jumped off the train. I, I did not see episode three. Um, yeah. I, I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm about done with this show. So I was hoping, Hutch, that you actually liked it so you could tell me maybe the other episodes were good, but... No, I stopped after... Uh, I stopped as well. Oh, episode two. <laughs> after porno trade school? Yeah, I was like... I'm, so I think my brothers watched them all, and he was like, yo, they just get more progressively worse. I'm like, why would you sit there and watch that? <laughs> Um, how, I don't I don't understand how it could be progressively worse. That was near rock bottom right there. That was that was it was just I don't know just a bad premise. Like he's not an actor, you know, so it's like yeah. he can't really carry it. Like the whole basically it, he's trying to be kind of like Sasha Baron Cohen, where it's like I'm serious, yeah. but then the premise is so silly that you laugh, but the, he doesn't. It you never laugh. Yeah. You're just like what is it? Yeah, I don't know why he signed up for this. I I think the oh wait, going back to the eating black uh, eating black thing, he also couldn't ride. He had to ride black, so he had to ride okay. a bike because there's no black cars. Wait, did like black people invent bicycles? Uh, he found like he found someone that created a black bicycle. 
You don't remember him riding the bike in Atlanta? Oh, I remember him riding the bike, but I don't remember him saying, like, this is a black bike. I just he thought he shop, was man. black and riding it. And now he went to the shop. However, Look, though, there, I, I put a lot of this show out of my mind. You know, my my me- brain was, we don't need to keep this. There's one memorable moment that I'm sure uh, Joe, when I mention it, is going to, he's going to, he's going to spark, uh, it's going to spark his memory. So he goes to a radio station in Athens and he says, he's, like, he's interviewing with a guy, a white guy. And he's with LP from Run the Jewels. Mm. And LP tells the interviewer, hi, uh, since my friend is living black right now, he cannot talk to you. So I'm going to interpret what Mike wants to say. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that. I do remember that. So 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 the interview is asking Killer Mike a question. And Killer Mike's whispering to LP (laughs) his response. (laughs) And LP is... Like responding as Killer Mike, and when the interview is done, when the interview is done, Killer Mike shakes LP's hands to get, and tells tells LP to shake the other man's hand, <laughs> and like in honor of him. God. Okay. Yeah. So Fable, you can go ahead and skip that. I think. Yeah, it's such a bad show. Um, it's, we did that, I, so hopefully you don't have to do that. I mean, yeah, you know, like, and I guess it premiered in Black History Month. You know, because it's a it's a very important time. You got to remember people such as the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh yes, I knew Atlanta, that's where you were going. <laughs> as Atlanta Hawks big man John Collins did on All Star Saturday Night. That yeah. was the most memorable moment from All Star Weekends. I would say close number two would be Steph's bounce alley oop to Giannis, but I don't care about that. All I care about is John Collins breaking the plane. I don't even like. He broke it twice, though. Yeah, he broke yeah, it on so, both sides. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> what, listen, first of all, if you're going to be in the dunk contest and you're going to do some sort of flight-based motif for your thing, like you have to know that that did not work for James Flight White, who I remember being like, when he gets in the dunk contest, it's going to be crazy. I look forward to him like people are looking forward to Zion next year because this dude had done what? Between the legs from the free throw line, all this yeah. stuff. Like, Crazy Dunker finally got on the Knicks, finally got in the dunk contest, <laughs> brought out all those flight attendants, and what? Did, what did he do? Like, eight attempts at, nah, at, at he, this? He, he, he messed up. I felt so bad. I felt terrible. <laughs> it was such a bad performance on his part. So, so, basic, so based on that, all flight-based motifs are out. But, but here comes John Collins bringing out these fake Tuskegee Airmen who look like they were about to head to the club. And what, do you know, did they ever mention where that model airplane that he brought out came from? Like, of course was there a not. story behind that? Okay. Of course, of course not. So, yes. So, so John Collins lines up all these fake Tuskegee Airmen, brings out, what, maybe a two, three-foot model airplane, right? Yeah, about that. That makes sense. Yeah, um, and, then, and then tries to jump over it and ma- manages somehow to kick two wings and the tail off of the plane, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, especially in the same contest where somebody jumps over Shaq. Like, the fact that you can't jump over a three-foot model plane, like, it's just, it's just not a good look, man. Yeah. Um, no, but we, we're forgetting some uh, details. So Please. first he puts the hat on. When he gets the hat from Trey Young in the goggles, did he have to take it off? Yeah, because he was like, I can't see. So it makes you wonder, like, <laughs> did he practice this? Did he try to dunk with the goggles? 
with, who, like, who, who made the plane? Like they had, he had to, I would think he would practice because there's like a whole lot of prep went into this. Clearly, like, <laughs> like what was that? Find twelve black guys to be Tuskegee Airmen. Where, like, what was the replica? Like, what was, what did he use as a stand-in for the plane during his practice? <laughs> or did he just decide, you know what, I can jump really high? I, I can got do this. this right. I, I don't know, man. I don't know that there was there was. It seemed like a lot of prep, but then also no prep whatsoever, which is a very weird combination. Yeah, it's a hard balance to strike. He did it. So I guess in that sense, it was impressive. Oh, it was very impressive because the only thing I remember, like, I guess I could remember Diallo jumping over Shaq and sticking his arm in the rim, but I don't really care. I do think they should move the uh, three-point contest to uh, last. Yeah, I think that's the main event. Yeah, because so much. But also, fun. I just think oh, all All Star stuff, like the three point contest, the dunk contest, I just feel like I would never do it, like because there's no, it has to be no worse feeling than being the guy who's like missing all your threes at three point contest, or the guy who's missing all your like Dennis Smith Jr. Like, how does he feel? Yo, <laughs> Michael Jordan shot a five in a three point contest, and nobody, yes. yeah. Yes. No. Wait, Michael Jordan was in a three-point contest? Yes. They buried that video like LeBron when he got dunked on. No, like I feel like the NBA, this is like a huge conspiracy to keep that under wraps. Wait, wait, in, 19, was... in 1990, so SB Nation's <laughs> post, Paul George was bad at three-point contests, but Michael Jordan was worse. <laughs> Michael Jordan had five points with all the racks. Yo, I forgot yeah. that Paul George was awful last year. Wait, why did... Wait, why was Michael Jordan in a three-point contest? I don't. I mean, questions. What his qualifications? <laughs> you said 1989. But still, that was before the shrug game, right? Yeah. So we we had no discernible proof that Michael Jordan knew. I I just feel like Michael probably was like, I'm Michael Jordan. Oh, you actually, know? He, like, shot, he shot 38 percent from three that year. Oh wow! Oh, what, on one attempt? On uh, three attempts a game. Hold that. Wow. Dang. Yeah, but mind you, prior to that year, he was a he was a career twenty percent shooter from three. <laughs> you know, averages, averages. Yo, I mean, Chicago man. Speaking of Chicago, you think it's crazy that Barack Obama's at the Duke North Carolina game tonight? Yeah, that's like, why. Like, why is he there? Just to go because it's a good game. Yeah, you want to see Zion? Cause, yeah, because he loves basketball, and who's gonna tell him no? Like he probably didn't even buy tickets. Like Zion's like hold the scene Zion this year. Brought How does that work up. actually, Sarge? Like when famous people want to come to games. So I'll tell you from the like. So I work with the Chiefs now, and basically we get a lot of requests in from our like they they call the ticket office, and so usually it'll be their representative. So I got hit up from somebody from Empire, which is not the guy that you're all thinking. Um, another actor from Empire, and and I got the request from our from our ticket department. It was basically like, hey, this guy um, reached out through his through his agent. So I got connected to the agent, and we kind of set it all up. So that I, I think that's what happens. And I'll tell you, the Chiefs. We have um, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family, Paul Rudd, um, you know, Ant Man, like. Those guys come so often now that now they just have relationships throughout the building. So literally Eric Stone Street could come without a ticket at this point because he knows everybody up to the owner. Um, but, but but really, it's it's not super complicated. At least, and now it may be different with Barack because so he's got Secret have, Service I mean, and all that. 
Well, I'm saying, like, do they have I guess seats, or do they just stand on the sideline, or? Oh no, we'll so so with like in or the is case a of a reserved area for famous people. No, no, no. Everybody gets tickets, and it just depends on how famous and popping you are. So with like Eric Stone Street, he'll get invited to the owner's suite, which is like two stories, which I didn't even know suites could be two stories, but his is. So. <laughs> so he'll get but so this guy from empire he's he's from kansas city but he's never been to a game so like he just got yeah. tickets like regular tickets yeah. in the bowl actually for the afc championship game mario chalmers he just got regular tickets too so yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. he's a, he's a yeah. kansas legend exactly he really is i didn't know that i didn't know how much of a legend he was in kansas but like yo they he call, that's they, not right they, they call, yeah they call it they call it mario's miracle it has a name i, yeah, I didn't know it had a name yeah i remember that <laughs> Yeah. Beat uh, that LeBron. Does LeBron have a shot with the name? No, right? I mean he he has twenty five points against the Pistons, but that, that doesn't he have like that, a cool that shot against the Magic, I guess. Yeah. Does he he also has I mean I think his most like memorable He has the block moment. and he has the forty eight special. Those are like the two defining no, so, but, wait, what's the forty eight special? That's the against Pistons. the Celtics? Pistons. Pistons. Oh, nice. Right. Get out of here. I remember that's, the twenty five points. I didn't know he ended up forty. That's that's yes, the uh, yeah. yeah, forty eight. Yeah, 48 that game. So he does um, have a thing with the name. That's dope. Okay, sorry, Hutch. I keep cutting you off. No, I would say he also has the whisper when he whispered in Gilbert Reese's is uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going home. I tell you, the saddest part of Gilbert Arenas being like blackballed out of the league and forgotten about is that he had to, he was part of some moments like the crab dribble, the whisper. Like there were yeah. some like. There were some the, things that Gilbert was involved in that we just can't talk about anymore. Nah, the hibachi when he put 60 on the Lakers. Yes, <laughs> with the, in the black and gold jerseys, yeah. Yo, that was historic. <laughs> he cooked the Lakers. Man, I hope, in, I hope in 40 years we have like some sort of like revolu- statistical revolution where it's like, wait, why isn't Gilbert Arenas in the league? You know, we're, we're far enough away that he can like get in. Cause... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So I'm, I googled Gilbert Arenas hibachi. This article was from Christmas Day, 2006. You forget when, Col- like, you remember when he started saying quality shots? Please tell me you know. Yeah. No. So remember when he he hit the Lakers with 60, and Kobe said he got lucky. So he said, ever since Kobe said I was lucky, I say quality shots. Maybe Kobe <laughs> would say that was luck. It's luck when you score 30 or 40, but luck can't get you 50 or 60. Every game before the game, I make 10 threes from 10 spots on the court. That's 100 threes. Uh yeah, I forgot the I forgot he used to yell quality shots after he hit buckets. <laughs> yeah, he was Give it a man. He had a he had a movement, man. He had a he had a moment. And then he brought the gun into the locker room. And the podcast ends. Like, yo, I mean, like, is that the most ridiculous locker room beef or is like Antonio Brown, Ben, Big, Big Ben, like, does that top it? God, you're, listen, you're on fire today with these segues. Like, I, you're, you're, you're having oh. your 48 special of segues in this podcast. <laughs> I just want to, um, I just want to point out, this is what the, who's, Col, is he Colbert or Colbert? Colbert? Colbert, the GM, Steelers? I think Colbert. All right, so Colbert. So, this is what he said. I honestly believe he's talking about Ben. I honestly believe that that can be a burden on him more often than he may like to admit because he has to. He's got 52 kids under him, quite honestly. Like, how again? do you say that about your team? Come again. What? How did? How was he also including the defense in that? First of all, like what? 
How how did the defense get lumped in as a kid under Ben Roethlisberger? How does any? I mean, I mean, I guess they have to play for him, but I don't see what the lot like why you like what the logic of making that statement is. You trying to piss people I mean, off? Yeah, I guess it, it to me it confirms because I was asking around, you know, we're just talking about it obviously at work today, and like I was like, how did Antonio Brown get to be a problem, quote unquote? Like all he did was be the best receiver in the league, and I, I mean, just go on dancing with the stars. Like I don't feel like he was a problem. He never got arrested or kicked out of a game or anything. Like I don't understand how this spiraled out of control, and now all of a sudden. Antonio Brown has to be traded. Like, what what happened? Yeah. And on top of that, Levy and Bell sat out an entire season in his prime. Like, what, why are the Steelers bending their will around Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, redacted? Redacted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. This is, yeah. He said, if our players were smart, they'd listen to him. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, I guess my question is, like, I want to support, um, what's his face? I want to support Antonio Brown. You know, I really do. But I have one problem. It's his damn mustache. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't rock with it. Yeah, he's going with the blonde mustache, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's got like a blonde goatee. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, I want to be out there and, and defend him as well. But yeah, it's. He's what he's doing selfie videos from the treadmill with like looking like I don't I don't even know like what what would you even compare that to? This man's lost his mind. That's why it's not to. even like trimmed. It's just he just decided. It's like he fell face first into some bleach. Like how does one like how does go want someone go like where do you go to say I want you to bleach my upper lip? <laughs> I think he did that himself. I don't think any self-respecting hairdresser or barber would 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 do that in good conscience yo check don't player. don't barbers have a hippocratic oath like they yeah, can't they let you, you... The, 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 you sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> like whenever, whenever, I, whenever i ask my barber to cut off my, my facial hair he's like sure <laughs> like take the mustache off you sure everything yeah <laughs> there has to be some kind of barbocratic oath i feel like I, I think he did it himself <laughs> yeah he's a barbocratic oath <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, so on, on the topic of ridiculous things, uh, this is the, this is the D plus segue. I'm just going to tell you now. Um, okay. do you think logic sounds like J Cole and no. is as good as him? What? No, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate you throwing me under the bus for something I don't believe. <laughs> um, no. So ESPN has been playing this commercial for mad long for college basketball. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like this beats fire. I'm like, I feel like I've heard this beat before. Then it starts rapping. I can't like make out any of the words. And I'm like, yo, is this Cole? Is it like an old, some old Cole song? Because the flow is just like Cole. So I look up ESPN College Basketball, J. Cole, and it's not him. It's Logic. So, you know, <laughs> um, so you had to look in the mirror. You, you took a crying game shower. Uh, shout out receding hairlines. Um, <laughs> so how how did you come to grips with that? I mean, are you so are you now a Logic fan or what, what's the deal? I mean, I always liked the what you call it the one eight hundred song. I thought that was I thought that was innovative. Uh, I mean, I mean it's fine. You know, I'm 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 cool to to take those those shots that y'all might have at me. Well, yeah, Logic is fine. Take... I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. He's like, like a math teacher. I just I can't. Okay, and I look like a math teacher. What's your point? <laughs> 
<laughs> but you're not trying to rap. You're not trying to rap. If you, you were trying to rap, I would tell you. you know I would hit times? you. I would say, Hutch, like, just keep that shit to yourself. You know how many times people are like, yo, but you can't rap, though? I'm like, why? They're like, you from Brooklyn. I'm like, but I also, like, can do math really well. Like, that's what I do. Like, I can't rap. <laughs> See, do you see how you have the self-control to to say you took whole you took a stock you said okay pro i'm from brooklyn come look at my glasses you know what i'm saying and you said okay i'm not gonna rap like logic you just kind of i don't know he's one of those participation trophy kids i guess and he's <clears> like <throat> i gotta do anything and rose to prominence and it's your fault like you're out here supporting this <laughs> i don't support anything i merely just said <laughs> i merely said that they use his flow was very, very, very J. Cole-like from, like, the come-up and the warm-up. Because, like, nice. that's... Like, to the point where, I like, I listened to the song and then, like, the next song played and he was, like, doing, like, the J. Cole, like, you know how J. Cole does, hey! Like, on, like when you just, like, do hey! <laughs> I was like, yo, what the hell? Did he just really bite all of J. Cole's stuff? So is that, like, a known thing? Is that... Is Logic supposed to be J. Cole, like, like very light? I mean, I don't know, but I guess so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. Yo! The incredible true story behind Logic asking J. Cole to use his message for Africa. You know, there, you know what? I don't, all right, I don't care about Logic anymore. Why does he have a song with Neil deGrasse Tyson? I'm so confused. Oh my God. Logic, Logic create, credits J. Cole for helping him get over internet trolls. Okay, so there, there is a connection there. There is a connection there. But yeah, I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah. Listen, man, living your truth, bro. You like, you like Logic. That's not my truth. <laughs> Where's he from? Let's I see. don't know. I'm gonna guess. I, I was gonna guess Seattle or Detroit. I'm gonna say Brooklyn. Nah, he's from Rockville, Maryland. So he grew up. He grew up around the blacks. The blacks. <laughs> Look, all Cornellians will understand that because we we just had a, a minor controversy where, where there was some leadership conference and some 80 year old white man said colored people. <laughs> but then corrected himself and said they don't like to be called colored now. They like to be called the blacks. And <laughs> I tell you this. First, I laughed. And then I sent it around to a bunch of people from Cornell. But also, I was like, you know what, man? That old ass man is trying. OK, and yeah. it's, not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault that he stopped after 1979. He probably thought that he's current still. So yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of I mean, look, man, he's what, 80 something years old, man. Like. <laughs> He said a lot he, worse. He really is trying. He really yeah. is trying. Because cause left to his own devices. I don't, I don't think either. Yeah, he it, it, yes. Yeah, that, that's the word that I was dancing around. Yes. So, yeah. I'm sure you have some tales uh, from the uh, from the antebellum south at, uh, at Vanderbilt. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Too many. Too many. That's, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. That's probably for the best. This podcast will get a little E for explicit, so. Yeah, I know. I think we did a really good job today. I think so, too. Shout out to my mom. No, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Rappaport, um, what happened with Rappaport and Meek Mill? Uh, Meek Mill, yeah. That so, was what I, I can actually, I could jump in here, actually. Uh, so, Michael Rappaport, for, so, what, while Meek Mill was performing during All-Star Weekend, I forget what he did, halftime, maybe, of the All-Star Game? No, that was J. Cole. Anyway, Meek Mill performed during All-Star Weekend. And yep. during that performance, Michael Rappaport tweeted, like, Meek Mill is trash. He's a garbage rapper. He's got good beats, but he sucks or something like that. And, of 
course, Black Twitter, being what it is, was like, hey, just because you made a De La Soul documentary does not mean that you are invited to the cookout. And so they got him out of here. And then Meek Mill got off stage, I guess, saw the tweet and was like, first of all, you asked me for a selfie and said I was dope. Don't try to clown me. And uh, let me look up the exact language of the tweet. Yo, he, no, was, but no, but Meek went on and on and on and on. So, like, there wasn't one tweet. Meek had, like, Oh, I only, saw the one, I only saw the one tweet. No, nah, Meek had, like, 50 of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, let's see. I'm going to go to urbanislandswithaz.com. That's where you go to get your... Uh... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's see. A. Michael Rapp... Oh, so, at Meek Mill says, A. Michael Rappaport, don't ever use the word trash when you're speaking on nothing from our culture unless you're trying to get trashed. Emoji. Number two, who gave you authorization to be speaking on us? Number three, what you charging now? Last time I seen you, you wanted a selfie. Be great, though, on the net. And then posted the selfie that Michael Rappaport apparently asked for with Meek Mill because he said, me, ayo, this is the separate tweet, me, colon, ayo, who this? Anonymous. I think it's the guy from White Men Can't Jump, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Rappaport, Meek, you so fire. Give me the feeling of what hip hop is missing, man. I'm a fan. Can I get a selfie? And then Meek says, hurry up, go ahead. So Meek got him right out the pain, which I really appreciated. Yeah, with, Michael Rappaport, with receipts. I, uh... I don't, I don't like him, y'all. Yeah, I don't really like. I feel like he's just loud for no reason. He doesn't actually say anything of like of substance. I feel like Michael Rappaport is what people who are not from New York think New Yorkers are like. You know what I'm saying? Just like very angry, loud, and like hates everything. Yeah, he's worse. <laughs> All right, we're good. We got a good side swiping on Michael Rappaport here as we wrap up the show. Uh, does you guys have anything else? Nothing on my end. I'm about to watch. Uh... I'm about to watch North Carolina hold Duke to under 43 points tonight in the first half. Is that, okay, well, good good luck with your bet, bro. <laughs> 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 On that note, thanks for listening to this episode of the Receding Hairlines podcast. Episodes are available everywhere that you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Uh, guys, anything else? Uh, basically, we're, we're a little less than three months away from the Knicks winning the number one pick. So just keep that in your mind. Yeah, uh, I, I need to be at a party that night, the draft yeah, party night. Yeah, Fabian legitimately said that. And I was like, yo, but we lose, you're going to be so mad. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, it's like one of those nights where it's either going to be the best moment of my life or the worst. Yo, and guys, I, I can't get a lot of myself. See, here's my thing. My thing is that I just don't like generally being around people that like i think most sports fans are just dumb so i don't like being around them yeah i agree this so sports podcast. but this is like i don't care a, but this is a moment when it's like everyone's on the same page we want the number one pick yeah so there's no like debate that i have to have where i gotta explain to people oh no like that player is actually not that good like everybody knows what it is that's the day when your hearts will be crushed that's um, I really hate you. Um, I just I just simmed lottery, and the Knicks got the number one pick. Woo, we gonna get it. 